0: Welcome to Combinations, the podcast from North Staffordshire Combined Healthcare NHS Trust. Regular listeners to this podcast will know that there are a range of topics and subjects and approaches that we take in, the, in this podcast. Some are looking at moments of insight, some are sharing patients and service users' perspectives and stories, and some are there to commemorate days that we think are particularly significant. And that brings us to uh, today's topic. We're recording this uh, podcast in Heartland's Hospital at the end of World Delirium Awareness Day 2022. And to mark that day, we have also uh, launched an innovative new product from the Trust called Combined Virtual Reality. Um, And to explain how we've brought those two developments together, uh, the and how it was produced and the impact that we've seen over the day. We have a number of people here in the room. Um, and so if I could just start by asking uh, just each of you to just say your name uh, and, and, and what your role is with the Trust, or indeed, as we will you know, come to hear in our colleagues at UHNM. Hi, uh,
1: I'm Abdoul Aziz, I'm one of the Gineatric registrars. Um, I joined UHNM in in September 2021, and I really enjoy uh, being in different uh, departments. I'm Dr.
2: Becky Chubb, I'm an older adult and liaison psychiatrist here at Kimbald.
3: Hi everyone, I'm Dr. Saad Khalid and I'm an internal medicine trainee at the Rydstock Hospital.
0: I'm Carl, I'm the Digital Content Lead for North
4: Combined. My name's Kate Dobbs, I'm a fourth year medical student at Keel University.
0: Okay, well thanks very much everybody. Um, so, um, Becky, I do need to check with, start with you, do I not? Because the ultimate reason why we're all here is because of a fantastic idea. You came and talked with me about... How long ago? I... don't
2: know, a year ago, something like that originally.
0: Okay, what was the idea? Tell us what your vision was.
2: So my vision was um, to, I guess, increase awareness of delirium, but in a very different way. So there's quite a lot of delirium training out there um, that takes place day to day all over the country, but I hadn't really seen anything that put um, that put the staff member in the patient's shoes. Nothing that really kind of got under the skin of delirium and allowed that staff member to really appreciate what it might feel like to experience an episode of delirium so uh, my idea was to um, do a virtual reality delirium film whereby you put on the vr headset and as you do that you become the patient and you experience and the hallucinations you experience um, all the altered perceptions and odd thinking that goes
0: hand in hand with an episode of delirium. Okay, so so that was that was the vision and that was the idea. Now obviously, lots of people can have visions, lots of people can have ideas. Um, we need people who can actually make these things happen uh, fully enough to turn virtual reality into reality Very to find. So which brings me on to uh, um, Kyle. Kyle, you're the digital content lead. For the trust, you've been with us, ooh, Eight months, I think now. Eight, eight months, yeah. eight months. And um, I remember um, coming to you and saying, Dr. Chubb has got an idea. Uh, would you like to tell me what your reaction was and how you thought we could have done this?
5: Yeah, for, it's my first VR project. Um, I've always wanted to try it and dabble with it and uh, never had the equipment. And obviously you <laughs> came to me and you went, got a, I've got a 360 camera here, I want you to do this project and instantly was like, I have no clue what the room is. So I had quite a few meetings with Becky, she took a few times to explain what it is, and I sort of got the vision, and I thought, right, if you can get a script, I can have a look and have a think of how we can do it. And s- some of the stuff that we came up with, like there was like floating baby dolls, I think was gonna mm-hmm. come out of one, and I thought, how are we supposed to do that with this piece of equipment? So I told Becky sort of like, just, you know, come up with some ideas that are, are feasible. So I gave her some, like ideas of what would work and what wouldn't work um, and I said I'll eat with you, send us a script and we'll see and uh, turned up on site and not only did you come up with a good script, it was a director role I think uh, you
0: had on the day. So. And of course, all good films, you can have directors, you can have camera people, you can have producers, you can have editors, but it is nothing without the actors. Which brings me to Kate. Kate, how did you get roped into this nefarious idea?
4: Oh, I don't know. Um, Becky, Dr. Becky, taught um, uh, psychiatry, the mental health block for my year group last year. So she kind of introduced us to psychiatry, and the people that were more enthusiastic about it, which was a couple of us, we kept in contact with her. And after I don't know how long, she messaged and said, Oh, I'm doing this thing. I wonder if you want to do it with us. So that's how I got involved.
0: Brilliant. And uh, had you ever done anything like this before? I've done
4: a little bit of acting before, but never like this. Have you now? Yes.
0: Well, there's something we didn't know. Have <laughs> have you done acting before?
4: Um, I used to do dance and drama when I was younger.
0: Wow. Well... That, that 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 ruins my segue that I was going to say. <laughs> but you know, with all innovation, I was about to say, so none of us have done anything like this before. Obviously, none of us have done any of this before. Apart from obviously Kate who'd done dancing and dance although there was no dancing involved in this in this no, version of the no films I see it. Nice. <laughs> That's the next one.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. We already even discussing about
5: delirium experience too. It's more of a <laughs> horror film, but yeah.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, okay, so let, let, let's move this little story, story on slightly. So, so we've got a vision, uh, we've got some, some willing uh, actors, uh, we have, we have a, a VR camera, and we've got the attitude to make it work. So um, who'd like to tell me literally about how literally did we put this thing together?
5: I, I mean, I can start. Um, we had to build a patient, which was one of the funniest things when we got there. We, we knew the camera had to go in the centre of the bed, and it was like, how do we make this look realistic? So a few of you went off and found some towels, yeah. and they constructed some legs to the point where they were all agreeing, yeah, that that's correct. That is that, that would be. Is it autonomy? I don't know what the word is, but you're all like using uh, words to describe the legs very well. That so that was. <laughs> that's, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> it
4: was anatomical. We even did knees. do We do Anatomy, not autonomy. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Right. I remember how big it was. I don't remember what they were saying. <laughs> okay, so 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 we, we had a, as I understand it, we had we had a, a bit of a rough script. Yeah. You know, a bit. Now, now I, don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, for those people who, who understand the film, um, they'll know that um, uh, Mike Lee, the way in which Mike Lee does all his films, is there is no script. He literally just chucks all his actors in there, tells them broadly what's going to happen, and and lets them get on with it. Um, and and from what I understand from from this production. It was a bit of a Mike Lee production, was it not? It,
2: it was certainly a bit of a wing it and hope for the best. But what I would say, we, the, where the script originally came from is that it was really important for me that all of the experiences that we showed in the film were based on real patient experiences. They weren't things that, that any of us had made up. They're real patient experiences that have been reported to me o- over the years. And that was really important to me, that it was based on real patient stories. But I guess how we, we then made that up um, yeah, was, was a little bit of wing it and hope for the best, remember, there was some trial and
5: error
4: involved.
5: I remember on the day we just got loads of people and were like well, you can do this well, then, you can be the, yeah. the patient. And, and,
4: and you it, kept telling us off the moving change. Yeah, yeah obviously yeah. continuity, continuity. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: key in film production because <laughs> I don't move <laughs> the glasses so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a fun day. Brilliant, but I, I do think that, that's that's quite important, isn't it? That, that, that it, Obviously, we've been very lighthearted about talking about this, um, and it's been enormous good fun to do it, and, and, and uh, we'll come on to the experiences that we've just gone through today in a minute. But the, the, the really important thing is, is, behind this, it is also clinically robust. It, it, it is, and I, I remember when you were first talking to me about it, and and you were explaining, no joke, they, they literally would hear yeah. World War II sirens, they would See that they would see um, bombs dropping and and me just jaw just dropping because of course you know the general public don't know this and 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 at one level it almost seems like fantasy itself and but it, but that's partly the reason we wanted to do this wasn't it just so so you might think this is fantasy but it really isn't and it really makes a difference
2: yeah absolutely yeah. and for me that was what's given it integrity I think
0: yeah so. We, we, we got together and we, and, we, and we produced a film and all of that. And then, and then um, I remember we were looking for you know, when would be the right time to, to, uh, to publish this, yes. you know, when, when we could produce any time. And along comes the idea of World Delirium Awareness Day. So um, can you, would, would you mind, Becky, just telling us just, just a little bit about, about what World Delirium Awareness Day is and, and, and what the what the Adrian Day is? Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of does what it says on the tin, really. So I came to know about it probably a few years ago
2: now. Um, and uh, it's something that's publicized an awful lot on Twitter and that's how I came to know about it but it is literally clinicians from all over the world over a 24-hour period who will do a variety of awareness campaigns, education sessions, all sorts of things all over the world and then share with each other basically and and it's, it's there for for anybody to swap and share ideas in the bid
0: really to just increase awareness and understanding on delirium. Right, and um, uh, for those of you listening to this podcast, what we'll have um, at the end of this discussion is over the course of the the day, we've been been, um, filming and recording the reactions of uh, frontline clinicians who've been experiencing the film and then hearing what they say about it. And almost universally, as, as, as we'll be able to hear um, um, at, at the end of this discussion, the reaction has been, I, I am a medic, I, I care for people with delirium, this has shown me something that I really wasn't aware of. So, so if, if, you, if we had to have a better result on, on World Delirium Awareness Day, I, I don't really think we could we could have wished for that. So so um, which of course brings us it brings us today. Now um, one of the good things about the about this part of the world is the uh, really high level of partnership working between ourselves here at Combined Healthcare and our colleagues at, at UH&M. Uh, for those who are not familiar uh, um, uh, with the geography of uh, uh, the Harplands Hospital which is our, our main hospital setting is co-located with uh, with Royal Stoke at UHM and the degree of joint working is uh, is remarkable between the two trusts. Um, and so today we've actually been been um, unveiling this film in a series of, uh, of, of meetings and, 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 and events around UHNM. Um, which of course brings me to Abdul Ansar. Um, so um, uh, Abdul, first, how, how did you first hear about about, uh, about this initiative and, and uh, what made you want to get involved?
1: So, yes, yeah, so one of my colleagues, he was doing an attachment with uh, Dr. Chop and uh, so he sent a message on our WhatsApp group that there is a world delirium day, so anyone wants to get involved. And I was really, I was thinking, what is a world delirium day? So I went online and I read about it and I said, yes, I want to get involved. So that's how I knew about it. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it and, it, it and I think it's a very good initiative because as a geriatric registrar, I was not aware of it. And not many of my colleagues are aware of it. So I think it is it is a really
0: good initiative, yeah. And and now, when we were talking for, first thing this morning, when we were getting together, you actually told us an absolutely fascinating, fascinating little backstory to this that none of us knew at all, which is in fact, you yourself have experienced something akin to to a delirious state. Do you yes. want to t- say, say a little bit about that? Because that's yeah. fascinating. So, uh,
1: Ad twenty twenty, I got COVID, and uh, I was admitted uh, two times to the hospital. The second time when I was admitted, I had um, a bit low oxygen saturation and a high fever. So I was in a bed with um, uh, three other elderly people, and they they were all delirious. So we had a window which was, we couldn't see outside of it, and it was the uh, uh, end of the day. I couldn't see anything out, and I was thinking, I'm in the middle of the sea, and I'm in the boat, and we are sailing. So I called the nurse and said, are we really in the sea and in a boat, and are we going to sink? And he says, well, don't be funny, you're in the hospital. And I then I was, I was thinking, I'm not picking this and I'm really feeling. I had that, you know, the real feeling that I am in the boat and I am in the sea. You know, if you have high fever, and then uh, you will have that sort of feeling. And then I saw a healthcare assistant, uh, or it was a cleaner, who came in and put her, her hand on my shoulder and said, well, uh, I know you are poorly, um, you're on oxygen and you have a high fever, you will be okay, you are in the hospital, look around you, you have two other uh, patients with you, so you will be okay. And I was really, really, uh, you know, shocked with that feeling. I cannot explain, but that is something horrifying in you know, experience.
0: And and, and, that, and that, 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 um, that number of staff coming in and reassuring you and being empathetic, what what, what effect did that have with on you? So,
1: the, what I found was, And I really, uh, I found that that is a a, a real patient experience. What I found was the cleaners and the healthcare assistants, they were more and more, uh, you know, had a good relationship with the patient and me, because we could see them most of the time. Um, uh, But then the doctors who came and they spent like a, a minute or two, and they listened to my heart and talked to me very briefly, end of the bit, and then they, I wouldn't see them until end of the day. And I felt heartbroken. I'm a patient. I have to have the doctors with me. But I could understand that it was a COVID time, and everyone wanted to be away from, you know, with, from the patients, from, especially from the uh, COVID positive patients. But what I understand is the, some of the stuff that we don't value them a lot uh,
0: they are really near to the patient. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, we're great in the NHS, aren't we? in, in having sort of trite phrases that, that 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 sometimes trip off the tongue quite easily, and all yeah. of that. And sometimes, you know, sometimes they just do. Sometimes they really do mean something. And I, yeah. I obviously, one of the things we always talk about is treating people with compassion and the importance of compassionate care. That, that is very important. And, this, yeah. and it seems to me that that. Um, I know when 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 you were planning this, this this film, Becky, it wasn't just that it had to be clinically. Cl- it, it, of course, that you know the, the the clinical accuracy is fine. But one of the main points about this was to give people a sense of empathy. To just just think, just think, what a difference it can make. And and uh, we will have a link, obviously, uh, uh, in the writing mm-hmm. of this of this um, podcast to the film. But that's one of the main messages of the film, isn't it? That the, the 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 simple act of compassion from somebody saves the day type thing and and and
2: absolutely and and, you know the the whole point of the film is that it's really simple really that there's nothing complicated what you see in the movie is someone experiencing a delirium and essentially through some basic interventions of staff they come back out of the delirium and the point of it is it's just the real basics so it's making sure somebody can see properly with their glasses making sure got their hearing aids in. Um, it's the real, real basics, and I think what was different with this was it wasn't about teaching people about delirium. It was about trying to encourage empathy in staff for somebody with delirium. Yes,
0: yes, and, and again, as, um, again, in the in the interview um, um, exits we'll have at the end, um, which were all spontaneous, all spontaneous, one one take things. The number of people who said, you know, it just brought home to me the importance of just. Think about the glasses. Just think, you know. Okay. So, sorry, if I could come to you. The, 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 obviously, you've been w- coming around with us during the day as well. You've been you've been part of, part of the crew. So, h- how did you get involved in this? Um, so, as acute medical
3: doctors, junior doctors, we have to work with uh, registrars, which are middle grade doctors. Which in the, my case was disease. We have to work with them. Um, so it was just one of those instances where I was just discussing different things with disease and. Uh, then he just um, informed me about this idea, this initiative that they are doing this uh, World Delirium Day and they have this whole project planned for that day so um, a big, uh, a good number of our patients which we see in the Trust as as on the front door are patients who are delirious in one way or the other way so um, as you mentioned earlier is is this that and as uh, Dr. Chubb uh, mentioned earlier was this that um, it's not always about the medical side of things. It's about the empathy and communication sides of things as well. So I just liked the idea and I just wanted to be a part of it. And um, it was a very good experience. Um, not only was I raising awareness among different members of the of the of the staff at the hospital about delirium, the word delirium and everything, but at the same time I was learning myself as well. Um, there was quite a bit of things which were involved during this whole exercise. it was about delirium itself. It was about um, well, actually this is the first time I'm doing a podcast, so yeah, so it was something it's, it, it was exciting for me, leadership, communications, how to use technology, um, 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 to raise awareness, to spread the knowledge. So it has been a very good experience for me today. Um, yeah.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. So, um, so I guess um, you know, like, like like most things, the sometimes some of the best achievements are just when, when something just magically comes together yes. and it just clicks. And I, I know for myself having um, you know having conducted some of the interviews, just hearing people come back to literally just saying, "I've never used VR before. It's really good. I've really learned something." Uh, um, um uh, special and specifically things that 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 we wanted them to learn you wanted them yeah. to know about was, was it, it's it's just been great so um as i say the 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 idea of this podcast was simply you know as i say sometimes what we want to do we want to mark a special moment in time and i think this is a special moment today has been a special moment and um the um as i say at the end of this uh, people, we, we we're going to finish off with some with some reflections from frontline staff across UH and M. Um, we'd really really like to thank um, our colleagues at UH M, both in clinic and also in uh, my colleagues in the comms team there for allowing us to uh, go around their facilities and, and film and everything. And everybody has been immensely uh, uh, welcoming. Um, the takeaways, takeaways. Let's let's just finish with with if you just had. Oh, sorry, Kyle. Yeah, I, I was me. just
5: thinking. Um... Right, me and uh, Dr Becky Chul have been working on this project for a long time and Becky's been inputting so oh, I, I need to do this but to see Becky use it on the VR headset today <laughs> look like she's never used it before, seen oh, it!
0: Sorry, of course, I should have said you never actually saw no. the, the final product until today, did you? No,
2: not, not in virtual reality and it's, it, it really is so different it really is absolutely amazing when you put the VR headset it's a completely different way of learning and uh, you know for me I'm quite a visual learner anyway um, but if if I you know for me I would take home more messages and more learning from three minutes of that than I was an hour's lecture on
0: delirium and if we if we go right back to the start on your idea was this was this what you envisaged? was it better was it worse was it different
2: I had no idea what was even possible, so I basically just gave him a menu of ideas of things that patients and family members, my grandma had an episode of delirium, have reported to me, and between us we just kind of worked out which bits would work and which wouldn't, and to see staff members' reactions, to just hear people say, oh, I get it, I'm really gonna think about this now, it's just the basics, this makes so much more sense to me, that, that is absolutely everything I hope for.
0: Brilliant, brilliant, and, and uh, as we mentioned at the start, the, the, um, the use of virtual reality is something that as a trust that we want to be, uh, we want to be exploiting, and, and this is our, our, our first attempt at it, and it's it's almost one of the most dangerous things we've done because we can already see how many people will would, would yeah. and say, "Could we do it for this? Could we do it for that? Could we do it for this?" So it's it, it, it's a it's it's a great day, a really great day, and and, uh, and a very uh, worrying day in terms of the capacity <laughs> of us to uh, you know cope with this uh, with this enthusiasm we've when, uh, we've done.
5: When we spoke to the staff after it, though, they were given some really good comments about it and obviously I've used VR before, I've used that for all different types of experiences and one thing you do know is you're quite vulnerable because you you lose all your peripherals Mm -hmm. and the people that were watching uh, someone use our experience were saying like how they looked vulnerable um, in that experience and it sort of gets you in the mindset of the patient as well because they're lying there, they can't move, you can't go anywhere so you really got into that experience as the patient Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, yeah Okay, so there we are. So, so um, we're going to wrap this up. As I say, what you what you'll hear now uh, um, is a series of, of interviews with people who have donned VR headsets. The vast majority of them, for the first time in their lives, and uh, and tried it out. Um, and you'll hear their reactions. If you want to know more about World Delirium Awareness Day. Um, you can search for it on Google. It's uh, uh, very, very active on, on social media. Um, is, is, is there a particular website as well or is it done by an organization, Becky, or is it? Um, I don't think there's one
2: uh, website per se. But, um, but there's lots on Twitter. If anyone's on Twitter, really, really easy to find on Twitter.
0: Right. Okay. And you engage with that. And oh, and also on there. Also, we, we haven't even got time to talk about the other fantastic training aid that that Becky and, and colleagues at UHN were putting around today, which was a a, a, a spot the difference, <laughs> uh, a spot the difference between the two patients, which you could yeah. find on social media by going to our to our Twitter feed and looking. Uh, and looking uh, on uh, World Delirium Day, so um, we're going to uh, 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 end this now. Um, for those of you, if you're interested in in, uh, in the Combinations podcast, this um, it's, it's uh, almost our third year anniversary. There are over thirty episodes uh, on there now of all types of, of material. We'd we'd really welcome any interest or feedback. Uh, but for now, we'll leave you with uh, voices from the front line at the UHN in Stoke-on-Trent on World Delirium Day. 2022. Thank you very much.
4: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was quite good. Yeah, it's was, it was okay. It does make you realise though when you we take people's glasses off and hearing aids that what we actually do to them. I know it's... Do you know what I mean? It's like everything went, it was already a bit blurred, and then it went completely blurred. And you just see all these voices. So yeah, it is good. It does make you think.
5: To actually give that insight into uh, what the patients are actually um, experiencing, I suppose, is um, yeah, very interesting for us because obviously we see it on a regular basis here, but we don't really know what it's like for that patient to actually uh, you know, to suffer from delirium. I think when I saw two people with the with the virtual reality on, what struck me is that normally someone experiences delirium you don't see it's, it's invisible but by having the virtual reality on it's like that barrier between you and them and you realize how just isolated that person is because they have got this almost this barrier of the delirium surrounding them and it was it was just seeing that how vulnerable they are and how isolated that, that must this just makes them and even if you, people approach them They're still disconnected, the delirium is causing that layer of disconnect really, that's what I observe.
2: It is quite a bit. I think it's nice to see um, stuff from the patient's eyes. um, next time I have a patient with delirium, I'll try to be more understanding and empathic about what they're going through. Um, It just gives you a better idea of what the patients are going through and they're experiencing delirium and can make you appreciate how hard it is and give you an idea of how you can make them more comfortable. I think any of these kind of acute conditions that patients can present with could be kind of replicated in VR, we can use that in training, we do a lot of simulation but VR maybe takes it a step further which would be really beneficial to see what it's like to be the patient rather than just practice
4: what it's like being the doctor.